Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Christopher Penn, a Google Analytics expert, and we're going to talk about Google Tag Manager. And if you're like me, you're probably like, what the heck is that? Well, we're going to talk about what it is, and we're going to talk about why Chris thinks all marketers need to embrace this in 2016 and how it's a really, really big deal. Also, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com will bring your message right into my inbox. So if you want to email me for any reason, that's a way to get directly to me. We've got an awesome new discovery with you uh, for you this week. Let's transition over there right now. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. To help you stay sane in the Twitter jungle, I'm joined this week by Eric Fisher, and he has a brand new find. What did you discover, Eric? I found List-O-Matic. It is a cool mobile iOS app to help you create and manage Twitter lists on the go. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Tell us what it does. Well, what what it means is, it, it, it's it, honestly, I'll say this, it's the easiest I've ever had uh, time creating Twitter lists, in, in period, whether it's on a mobile, whether it's on a desktop. Twitter lists are powerful. <laughs> they're even more powerful when they're easy to create. So this, let's back up for a second. What's yeah. the old way of creating a Twitter list? Well, the old way, the old way is literally you have to go in to Twitter itself, whether it's the Twitter, you know, Twitter mobile app or the desktop app, and you have to go um, to you, you've got a you've got like three or four clicks deep into your account to get to where you click on lists, then click on create new list, then you start manually adding people over and over and over again until you have you know curated the curated list you want. What this does is it gives you suggestions of people to add and. Honestly, the tactile, or well, it's it's not literal tactile, but it's it's you know touching, and it's tapping, and it's moving, and it's selecting, and it's it's just quicker and easier, and it's much more organized uh, than Twitterless out of the gate. Cool. So, um, for those that aren't totally familiar with Twitterless, what's the value proposition of creating a Twitterless in the first place? Yeah, well, the, the the best thing about Twitter lists is that you can use them to organize your Twitter feed into groups of accounts or users who have things in common. So you can create a list of, you know, all, you know, if you follow a bunch of sports teams, you can throw them all in there. If you follow uh, a bunch of people that are all about technology, all about social media, um, what you can even do is create a private Twitter list of potential clients that you want to keep track of. Or competitors. 
Exactly. Um, we keep a Twitter list of all of our social media marketing world and actually every single event we do, all the speakers, all in one place. We can follow them quickly. Very cool. And people can follow lists if they're public. And uh, it's just kind of a nice little mini feed, if you will. So when you use this app, and what's the name of the app again? Listomatic. When you use Listomatic, once you create the list, you're kind of done with the app, right? Because those lists can now be referenced across other Twitter mobile apps, right? Yes, exactly. That's that's the key piece here is it does this one thing and it does it well. And yeah, you can even peruse your uh, Twitter lists from this app, which is kind of cool. So, you know, if, hey, you want to jump in and just look at your Twitter lists, you can use this app for that as well. So if you haven't created a lot of lists because you find it too burdensome or complex, this app makes it really easy. And one of the reasons why people like to use lists is because their general Twitter feed is just chaotic you know it's it comes by so fast especially if you're following any more than a few hundred people um so this allows you to really zoom in and this makes it super easy so does it cost anything is it free it is free and how do we find it what you do is you go to getlistomatic.com getlistomatic.com eric thanks so much for joining us today with this awesome new discovery you're welcome i was recently at social media marketing world and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the social media marketing society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And with that, let's transition over to today's interview with Christopher Penn. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm excited to be joined today by Christopher Penn. If you don't know who Chris is, he's the Vice President of Marketing Technology at Shift Communications. His book is called Marketing Blue Belt, and he also is a Google Analytics expert. His brand new course is the 2016 Marketing Plan Framework, How to Build a Data-Driven Customer Journey. And on top of all that stuff, he's a podcaster. He co-hosts Marketing Over Coffee. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Michael. It's always a pleasure to be here. So today, Chris and I are going to explore something that I'm a total rookie at, which is Google Tag Manager what it is, why it's important, and we're going to also dig into where analytics is heading with some brand new technology. So um, let's start with what the heck is Google Tag Manager, Chris, because I don't even understand it. <laughs> Tag Manager is a bucket. That's the easiest way to explain it. So think about this. You have a website. You have lots of pages on your website, and you're always having to add new tags to it, right? You know, Facebook gives you a new remarketing tag, or Twitter gives you a new tag, or you switch analytic systems, or there's some new remarketing software. Whatever the case is, companies are asking you to put stuff on your website. 
if you have a, a site that has a lot of pages, you know, things get lost, particularly if you're a marketer who is using something like a marketing automation system, like something from Marketo or Pardot, where now you have multiple different websites under the same domain name. It gets very messy. Tag Manager is a bucket, is a, a digital bucket that you put the bucket on every page, it's the same code all the time, and you do it once. And now, when you need to make modifications to your website, you just put stuff in and out of the bucket instead of having to modify individual pages. So it's a lot more reliable because tags, you know, Pages don't get, forget to get tagged. You have a lot more flexible and flexibility, and it's really, really speedy because one of the things that's tricky about all these tags we put on our websites is they all ask you know for time from your computer, your audience's computers, to load all these tags. Google and, and other tag manager companies do this too. Google's just happens to be free, which is kind of nice. Um, takes all these tags and caches them and then runs its bucket, and then that does not slow down your website. So there's a lot of really cool things that a tag manager does. It's just one bucket. You, you modify what's in the bucket to your heart's content. Okay, so just to zoom in on the word tag, that's really that's really means code, right? Like a Facebook pixel, as we often refer to it, is a tag. Is kind of is that is that true or no? That's exactly right. It can be a fa- it can be an individual pixel, like from an ad tracking system. It can be a piece of JavaScript. Um, so some of the pixels out there, like Twitter's, uh, are JavaScripts. They're little actual pieces of code. Uh, it can be anything that you can put onto a web page. Interesting. So, for example, I know that um, we use a bunch of different software um, that does different kinds of things. Like we use something called New Relic, which I think is is monitoring our site, and we use some Quantcast. We have tags mm-hmm. on there to track our audiences, and each one of these things kind of um, calls out to external JavaScripts, if I'm not mistaken, that are on different sites, and and that. Does does the Google Tag Manager by putting it all in one bucket? Does it also kind of make it so that there's less calls to all these different sources, and it's just one to Google? Um, it doesn't make that it's less calls. It me- but it makes the the stuff that is inside the bucket run separately from your website. So once your pay once the bucket is called, it you know from from the audience's perspective, if you were on my site, um, you would see the you know the page load, the bucket would fire, and then the rest of the page would appear. And all these other tags that could otherwise hold up the page are running in the background. How are fast or slow it is that they're running, mm. which also means that if you're using a service um, and that service goes down for some reason. If that tag was individually placed on your page, it could stop your page from loading. The tag manager basically says, all right, if it doesn't load, it doesn't load. The rest of the page is not going to be affected. Okay. So it's where we put our Google Analytics code. It's where we put our Twitter remarketing stuff, our Facebook uh, audiences, and all the other little codes. I mean, it all goes in there. Is that what I hear you saying? Any kind of remarketing or audience kind of stuff would go inside of the Google Tag, ma- the tag Manager. Is that right? Exactly right. Exactly. Put as much into the bucket as you can. Now, um, why is this beyond just having it all in one bucket? What are the other advantages or why is this important? Why, why should we use Tag Manager when we already kind of quote unquote have a system that's working by putting it on our website? That's a really good question. We covered the speed. Um, reliability is a big reason to use a Tag Manager. If you have a lot of different websites or you have a lot of different pages, uh, you have a marketing automation system maybe that has its own landing pages and stuff, you want to make sure that stuff doesn't get missed. By having one bucket that you put everywhere, you're ensuring that there's it's a very simple operation. Just go through, make sure the bucket's on every page, every page, every page. And so pages don't get missed. 
Whereas if you don't do that, and maybe you've got a remarketing tag that needs to go on some pages but not others, mm -hmm. um, you'll forget it, and then you'll have ruined your analytics. So reliability is a, a, a really important reason. The flexibility of a tag manager, and Google Tag Manager in specific, is also really important because it allows you inside their software to say, I want some tags to be on some pages. I want other tags to be on all pages. I want certain conditions to be met. So, for example, if, um, if you were to use Twitter's remarketing tag, you would obviously want that to run on all pages for a broad audience. But suppose you were just trying to remarket to some people. Let's say they were on the Social Media Examiner website, and they were checking out whether they wanted to go to Social Media Marketing World 2016, which you should because, uh, well, among other things, I'm speaking there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you just put a tag on that page and then uh, the checkout page after it. I would want to be able to, to selectively remarket to people who had gone to the Social Media Marketing World 2016 page but not gone through the purchase process. If I am you know, haphazardly throwing tags all over the place, I could lose track of what pages that needs to be on. But if it's in a tag manager, I can programmatically say, only if the URL has you know, SMM, SMMW16 in it should, I, should this tag fire. The other thing that's really important, and this is something that a lot of brand-side social media marketers probably are very accustomed to, is that when you're working with bigger brands, typically the website is not under marketing control. It's under IT's control or it's under a, a, a special governance committee. It's, it's a lot of work to get something deployed. If you're constantly going back to IT saying, well, now I have a Twitter remarketing tag for this or now I have uh, a Facebook remarketing tag for this, at a certain point, you start running into issues where IT is like, well, you're in the queue, and we'll get to that in you know two months. And you're like, uh, the event's next week, guys. And even it, for smaller websites that have someone who maintains their site, right, this could be an issue. You have to wait for that person to become available, right? Exactly right, especially if you're using a contractor who's got more than one client. So having a tag manager means you go through once, the bucket gets put on every page, and now you as the marketer get a chance to decide what goes in the bucket, and you don't need somebody to, to edit and update the website for you. Mm. Well, I can see that as a real advantage for, for WordPress, right? Because a lot of people don't necessarily give everyone that they work with access to their WordPress website. And this would probably be a way you could facilitate. You, could you give a contractor access to your tag manager without having to give them access to your WordPress website? Do you understand where I'm going with this? If Absolutely. Yeah. And yes, role-based stuff inside of tag managers. You can give. You can even give like read-only rights to so that someone could inspect it but not give full access. WordPress is actually a really great example because what I have seen happen way too many times is someone will, will hard-code like a Google Analytics tag into their WordPress theme and then the theme update comes out. They update the theme not thinking about it and they blow away their analytics tags. And so they're like, uh, what happened there? Whereas if you're using a tag manager and an associated plugin with WordPress, there's a WordPress plugin that will just automatically put the, just the bucket on every page. Now your bases are covered. Now you're not going to, you know, if you can update the theme as much as you want. Well, you mentioned there was a plugin. Do you know the name of that plugin? I believe it's uh, Google Tag Manager for WordPress. Got it. So when you go to Google Tag Manager for WordPress, explain kind of because I know a lot of people listening use WordPress. Like, is it what's the pro? Well, let, let's step back for a second. How do we set up Tag Manager, and then let's get to how to use it in WordPress and other sites as well. Sure. So the best way to get started is go to tagmanager.google.com. Sign up for a free account. If, you, if you've already got a Google Analytics account, then you just have to basically use your Google account to, to set up a free tag manager account. From there, there's now a, a 
you know, a much better uh, introductory tutorial. But the first thing you're going to do is you're going to set up your uh, your website inside Tag Manager. You're going to get the bucket, um, and that it's a code that looks a lot like Google Analytics uh, code if you've ever gone through and put a Google Analytics tracking tag on pages. Yep. But you'll go through and put the bucket on all the pages on your website. Now, if you're using um, the Google Tag Manager for WordPress plugin, uh, it will just ask you for your Tag Manager account number the way that some of the analytics plugins ask you just for your Google Analytics account number. Um, and that will get you onto uh, your WordPress site. Or you can copy and paste it um, you know, onto all the different pages on your site if you're not using a CMS of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are using a CMS, just put it in the, the header of, uh, of your, your, your website. And for those that don't know what CMS is... CMS stands for Content Management System. So there are different platforms, like WordPress is a very popular one. Drupal and Joomla are other ones. HubSpot. There's HubSpot. There's a company called Ektron that, that makes some. So there's a lot of these different things. If you're working at a larger brand, chances are you, um, you are using a CMS of some kind. If your website um, <clears throat> doesn't require you to use a program like uh, Adobe Dreamweaver to update it, chances are you're probably using a, a content management system. Got it. So you put the code in. And what's the next, what what comes next? So the next thing is, so now you've got a bucket, but the bucket's empty. So you need to start putting stuff in the bucket. Uh, inside of Tag Manager, uh, built in, it, there's a whole bunch of different stuff supported. So uh, off the top of my head, the stuff that's supported, Google Analytics, of course, and Google AdWords and all of the Google properties. Um, Google Consumer Surveys, if you ever wanted to survey people on your website, you can actually do that. Um, and, and just Tag Manager will run the tag on there. There's also third-party services like LinkedIn, Visual DNA, Newstar, Critio, uh, Crazy Egg, if you want to do click tracking on your website. Do you and, have to have a plugin, or can you just put raw code in also? Um you understand, like, like if I want to put Facebook remarketing stuff in there, do I have to like somehow find a Facebook remarketing? Um, can, is there just like empty fields where I can just paste my code that I already have on my site into the bucket? Do you understand? Yes. Yeah, so there's okay. there's a um. Th- so you can either choose the product of the ones that Tag Manager is compatible with out of the box, or there's one called Custom HTML Tag, and that's where you put your Facebook code, your Twitter code, um, your your Google Plus code for the five people who still use Google Plus. Uh, <laughs> any any of the services that uh, you have stuff running right now that has a JavaScript or uh, a tag like that, there's a Custom HTML. Just put that in name it and then initially for your first sets of tags particularly for ones like google analytics you're just going to want to say put this on every page and by default you can specify i want this to run on every page on my website and that once you hit once you've added the tags you want to the bucket you hit save you hit publish and it tells uh it, it pushes the tag live so it basically uh, allows you to have a little bit of version control, a little bit of safety. You have to say, okay, I, I'm happy with what's in the bucket. Google, please put the contents of the bucket on the website. Sounds a little bit like double-click for publishers. I don't know if you have any experience with that or not, but um, there's different like stages of, of, of a process. So, so once I actually put all the codes in there, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it sounds like I want to create different buckets, right? Like one for Google Analytics and one for Facebook, for example, or does it all go into one bucket? It all goes into one bucket, and that's that's the advantage is you have everything in one bucket. But you can have inside of your your big master bucket, you can have different folders. So you can have like I want my social media tags in one folder, so that way you know you know what's in that folder. I have my my remarketing tags in one folder. That way you're not it isn't you know just one gigantic morass. Now, at what point do I start removing the old tags off the website after the tag manager says it's active or before? What's your thoughts on that? So the 
best practices, there's an app for Google Chrome called Google Tag Assistant. What you want to do is you want to browse your website with Tag Assistant turned on, and it will tell you if you know if you, what what tags are appearing on your page, and and the Google Tag Manager tag obviously should be one of them. So you'd want to. Um, You'd want to go through your website, go through any critical pages like landing pages or e-commerce uh, pages, and make sure that the tags are the, the right tags are there. And only after you're satisfied that it's on every page and stuff like that, then only then should you go out and remove the old stuff. Um, one really super helpful way to, to verify this is Google Analytics has a in the left-hand side, there's a section called real-time. Have that open in a separate browser tab. Maybe have that in a second window if you have a, a second monitor. And then as you're browsing your website, if the Google Analytics tag is in there with all your other tags, you should see you, you traversing your website, clicking on things and seeing stuff happening in real-time. If you don't see any real-time action, then you know something's wrong with your tags. Very interesting. And what about when we want to just put certain things on certain pages? How do we do that? So inside Tag Manager, as you're setting up a new tag, one of the options you have is it'll say, you know, what pages do you want this to run on? Do you want this to run on all pages or just some pages? And that's where you get a chance to specify by things like URL. Is there something in the URL like uh, SMMW16 you would want to have certain pages? You can specify by certain events or behaviors like how long, how, if this user has been on the site for a certain amount of time, fire a tag. And most importantly for us as social media marketers, there's a referrer detection. So I can say, I only want to fire certain tags if they're coming from Facebook or coming Ooh. from Twitter. If I wanted to be able to, to fire certain types of tags, like tracking, you know, adding extra tracking variables, or maybe I want to have remarketing audiences, particularly for third-party products, um, only tracking certain traffic sources. Interesting. Um, and, and for conversion tracking stuff, I would imagine you know um, we're going to somehow... Well, actually, I guess it's it's getting a little easier now, isn't it, to track conversions um, inside of Google Analytics? We don't need special code anymore, do we, on those pages? You don't need special code, but there are certain systems where you might want to, to use that. So one of the things that's really nice about Tag Manager is it talks to Google Analytics really well. They share a common language. So if you want to specify that a certain th a certain type of click on your website was was a conversion. For you, you would want you you could use an event tag, which means that you you know someone taps on that that button no matter what as a conversion. Then Tag Manager can detect that and pass that through. Likewise, Tag Manager can detect you know you've submitted a form. It, it can differentiate automatically between a regular button click and a form click. So for conversion tracking, if you have a, a given set of forms that follow a similar format, you can track all of them in bulk rather than having to tag every single form. Once we've once we've set up Google Tag Manager and we've we've confirmed it's working by using that Chrome plugin. What was that called again? Uh, it's called Google Tag Assistant. Once we have all that set up and we have all of our folders set up and everything, like what is there some sort of special insights that Tag Manager gives us other than just having it be a bucket, um, or is it just kind of you set it and forget it? You really do set it and forget it because Tag Manager is trying to get out of your way. So you, it, you, it is used for infrastructure, and then you can obviously use a lot of the features that it ties very well to with products like Google Analytics to pass special data to Google Analytics, and you would then see the data in Google Analytics. So let me give you a, a real-world example. Let's say we're on the Social Media Examiner website, and I click over to the events page. I can use Tag Manager 
to detect when someone is mousing over it, which means they're hovering their mouse over uh, the social uh, media marketing world 2016 event. Even if they don't click it, I could say an event like, "Hey, someone has hovered over this, you know, this this video that we have of the from last year's event, or they've clicked on the video from last year's event." Google Analytics count this as a part as a conversion. Obviously, you'd have to set that up as a goal inside. Or maybe of, set uh, up an audience for that or something. You could set up an audience for that. So everybody who hovers over that video or, or starts to hit how play the heck on, does that happen? I mean, like, do I have to give some sort of special instruction to to be able to make that happen? Yes, that's Google Analytics event tracking, and you'll find that inside the Google Analytics help catalog okay. you know, when you're in, in there. But it will tell you, hey, if someone clicks play and to watch the video highlights from last year, um, put them in an audience, track them, tra- turn it into a goal if you like, um, and that will say – and then you can remarket to them. Say, hey, you like that video or you watched that video, come back and, and get a special discount on, on next year's event. Okay, I can't let you go from this Google Analytics event tracking thing. Um, does that require a special code, or is there stuff that Google Analytics is tracking, whether or not we have special extra code other than just analytics installed? Ah, so this is where now you're going to start getting a little bit a little tacky here. But Google Analytics used to require special code on the page. So, for example, I'm looking at the the, the uh, social media events page on on Social Media Examiner's website. Right. There's a there's a YouTube video on here. Tag manager can look at this page and, and you can specify if you if you when you put that p- video up on the page if it has a unique ID of some kind you can specify it in tag manager and tell tag manager hey track this as a conversion so that you don't have to go back and edit the website again mm, very intriguing so I, I th- that's that's a little bit of the the magic it sounds like is the back and forth between Google Analytics and tag manager is that right that is right. That is absolutely right. And uh, I'm under NDA for the specifics, but I will tell you that tag manager is going to be extremely important to all marketers in 2016. So you want to get on board sooner rather than later. There's no cost to it. Awesome. Um, have what are some? I mean, you've already you've already spelled out a couple of creative applications. Like if somebody watched the video, then perhaps you know um, put them on a list or whatever, remarket to them. Are there any other interesting applications or creative uses of Tag Manager and Google Analytics together that you haven't already mentioned? So one thing that I really like is that Tag Manager is always you you can set up to always watch what people are clicking on your website, <clears throat> and you can and you can then you know create those sort of partial goals. So one of the things that I do is I sell my books on Amazon. I have zero control over Amazon, right? They do whatever they want. So I, what I can do is I can set up an outbound click tracker to say anytime somebody clicks on my on an Amazon link that goes to Amazon, track that as a goal, and then I can work backwards. I can say, okay, last month I sold 400 books, and I know I count I counted 4,000 clicks from my website to to Amazon. So I can start to infer, okay, a click is worth X number, X percentage of a book sale. And so for for websites you're sending people to that you aren't under your control, it's not a bad thing to do. You could track, for example, on the Social Media Examiner website. If someone were to click on the you know follow Social Media Examiner, the little Twitter button there, you could track those numbers of clicks, even though they're going off site. Wow, I mean that that's <laughs> this is the stuff where people are like, this is crazy cool. Um, now you did mention something about YouTube videos is. Because YouTube is owned by Google, is that can it track non YouTube? Can it track like Vimeo videos as well, or does it have to be a Google thing, if you will, or a Google property or a Google source in order to be able to do that? 
it's a good question. It can track anything that is HTML on your website. So if you've got an embedded frame on that website uh, on socialmediaexaminer.com, as long as Tag Manager is running on the on your site, it can detect that someone's clicking on something. Now, obviously, with YouTube, there are additional hooks that are exposed for Google products to work with each other. To, you know, in the most advanced implementations, you can track you know how far did somebody watch into the video. Whereas you can't necessarily do that with some of the other players, but you can at least detect the click. If somebody wants to dive super deep into this, or, or if they want to go deep into the rabbit hole, <laughs> if you will, on this and kind of uh, understand a lot more about how to use the tag manager in collaboration with various other things like Google Analytics and YouTube and all this kind of stuff. Are there any resources out there or have you written about this on your blog? Like, Where can people get deeper in their knowledge of how they could p- perhaps mess around with this kind of stuff? So the number one place to go for this, Google actually has an entire online course set up called, uh, it's part of their Analytics Academy, and there's a Google Tag Manager Fundamentals course. So if you go to analyticsacademy.withgoogle.com, um, you'll see that it's the most recent course, and it is absolutely essential. Uh, I would say that if you are, want to mess around with Tag Manager above and beyond just you know, just putting it on there, learn that stuff first, and then... My best advice would be start playing around with it, start checking forms and stuff. There's one gentleman in, I want to say Norway, but I have to check, uh, named Simo Ahava, who is, he has his own own website. He is like the guy when it comes to super advanced tag manager installations. You're going to need to get up to speed on the fundamentals first, because to read his blog, he presumes that you have advanced technical knowledge. So there are times when I've read it and go, huh? (laughs) What did he just say? Maybe Maybe you could check the spelling of his name real quick while I ask you again to to say what was the URL uh, for the training from Google Analytics. So the training from Google Analytics is Analytics Academy. That's analyticsacademy.withgoogle.com. Awesome. And and Simo Ahava is, uh, you can find him at simoahava.com, S-I-M-O-A-H-A-V-A.com. And I met him last year at Google's Partner Summit. Super nice guy, wicked smart. What about Avinash? Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but is he writing about this kind of stuff too? Avinash doesn't touch tag management as much. He spends much more time on the analytics side. Super great guy, very, very smart. But when you, if you want to dig into tag manager, Simo Ahava is your guy. Gotcha. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Now let's transition to talking about the future of where analytics are going. I know that you, because of your position and because of your, your, your knowledge about this stuff, I've been kind of tracking where analytics are heading with new tech that's coming from other providers other than just Google. So what can you share about where things are heading? So probably of immediate interest to everybody who's listening to the show, if you follow Social Media Examiner, you're probably interested in social media analytics. Um, One of the biggest not super well-publicized releases um, in, in 2015 was IBM has had this product called Watson. It won Jeopardy. They spun off a portion of that massive supercomputer to a division called Watson Analytics, which lets you upload any data you want that's you know numerical to their system and will spit help you do advanced statistics on it without having to know statistics. We talked about it at this past year at Social Media Marketing World 15 we talked about it as sort of the third step in your analytics process. Well in in December of twenty fifteen um, IBM released Watson Social Media Analytics, which is taking in ingesting social media data and helping you identify key things that you should pay attention to in your analytics. Uh, it's focused on Twitter, uh, forums, and review sites right now, but they do plan on adding more. Uh, 
but what's interesting is it's applying a lot of the artificial intelligence that Watson can bring to the table that that traditional analysis tools you have to spend a lot of time working on. Um, so, for example, it can tell you who sort of your top twenty authors are, but helping you discount things that you don't necessarily want to know about. So, for example, I share a a name with a a uh, deceased actor. Um, <clears throat> By putting in like uh, movies that this actor was in, or you know people that he's co-starred with, Watson Analytics can go through and and contextually remove all mentions of stuff that would interfere with what I care about, um, and so that's really important. In terms of analytics overall, though, there's sort of five phases of analytics. Right? Okay, wait, hold on a second. I got to ask sure. you something on Watson. First of all, where do we find out more about Watson? So Watson, you can find it WatsonAnalytics.com. It's an IBM property. And is this like a supercomputer that's basically doing the kind of analysis that only supercomputers can do? It is yes and no. So yes, it is, but it, the full power of Watson obviously is available for hundreds of millions of dollars. They're, they've segmented a portion of this off for us, all of us to try out. And is it is this the, is the social media offering um, a free offering or a paid offering? What's your what's your insider knowledge on that? It will be a paid offering in uh, after March 31st, 2016. Until then, it is free. So if you're listening to the show before March 31st, 2016, go and sign up for a free Watson account. Try out Watson Social Analytics for free. I will say this. IBM is uh, working diligently to make sure that uh, analytics are accessible to everyone. Their, their existing Watson Analytics service is available um, for free with a small amount of data, or if you want the professional version, uh, <laughs> this is kind of unbelievable. It's available for a whopping $30 a month. Wow. And is this, do you have to be like a serious tech nerd to be able to figure out how to use it, or is it pretty user-friendly? It's extremely user-friendly to the point where, um, you know, and, and that kind of goes to the- Easier uh, than Google Analytics even? I would say it's getting there. It's wow. getting there. Wow, it's, that's amazing. It's really interesting. Yeah, they're they're trying to make analytics accessible, and 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 that really kind of stabs at the heart of you. We as people who are working in the space need to know that analytics is changing. It's not enough just to spit data at people anymore. Right. And so you were about to share some five stages of evolution or something along those lines before I cut you off. So if you oh yeah go for uh, it. Uh, there. So analytics, they're they're sort of these. I would call them five stages of analytics, five uh, ways that the, the field has evolved over the years. So in the very beginning, it was just data, right? It was like, here's, here's data. Um, and then that was the, the second, uh, that, I would call it descriptive analytics, right? It's like, here's the, here's the stuff. Um, then you start getting to diagnostic. Okay, what happened? And that's what most tools like Google Analytics are really good at helping us understand what happened. Um, you the, the next stage that we're, we're getting to really is uh, almost sort of a um, prescriptive stage where the tools can tell you what happened, but now they can start to say, well, here's, here's maybe something you might want to try doing um, uh, with this data that you've got. So, uh, so they're doing an interpretation on it. Exactly. So, so like a Watson is starting to say, here's some things that you should be paying attention to um, and try these things out. Um, after that, you have... Um, uh, so they sort of predicted like what's going to happen based on the data, and finally, and this is the last evolution of analytics, and it's going to be a long time before we get here, like a couple of years, um, <clears throat> is proactive, where the tools will have enough data and enough insight to just do stuff for us. That that almost sounds like uh, you know my iPhone Maps, where it says, "Hey, I'm about to reroute you because there's traffic ahead." Is that kind of where we're headed? 
So imagine now taking that, that that's sort of predictive slash prescriptive. Now, if you're in a self-driving car, the yeah. car's just going to do it, right? It's just going to automatically know if there's traffic ahead, taking this alternate route. And you're sitting there, you go, I have no idea where you're taking me car, but I'm going to trust that the, the, the machine. So that's where we're headed with analytics. That is where we're heading with analytics and computing power in general. One of the biggest hidden trends of 2016 and 2017 is that the machine learning technologies are getting affordable, they are becoming widely distributed, and they are accessible even to people like you and me, individuals. Um, It's going to continue to change everything on us. Well, this is awesome because this is the biggest struggle that marketers have when it comes to social media is, first of all, knowing you know, that knowing what they're dealing with, knowing if it's working, knowing whether they ought to try something different. I mean, and having tools that are coming that are actually able to make sense out of this is going to be a big deal for marketers. And I can see a day where I could probably talk to the computer and I can say, is my Twitter marketing working or should I change my strategy? And it will tell me, right? Or further down though, I'd say, computer, I need to make 5% margin on, on Twitter transactions. Um, you know, please bill my credit card accordingly, and it will just go and do it. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. So, Chris, you've got a brand new product, uh, the 2016 Marketing Plan Framework. Tell people what it is, who it's for, and where they can find it. So, most importantly, uh, this is for marketing managers, directors, VPs, CMOs who are, have been struggling with coming up with a marketing plan that's based in data. A lot of marketing plans I have seen are just kind of wild guesses, like, okay, let's ask for, I don't know, 20% more budget next year. And that doesn't really that doesn't really move the needle for a lot of folks, particularly like the CFO and the COO are not going to be real happy with that, that answer, just throwing darts at the wall. So what I've done is engineered a way for you to take data that you have, uh, especially if you're using Google Analytics, and reverse engineer what you, what's working and what's not on a channel basis. So you could say social media you know, is, is not in the right place in our customer journey or is not performing up to scratch. And then use Google's benchmarking data to say, okay, other companies like us uh, are getting you know X percentage more traffic from social than we are. So let's alter our strategy. So it gives you a sort of blueprint of what does your customer journey look like, your company specifically? How are you doing in those individual channels? And then how are your competitors doing? So it gives you sort of a three-part look at things that help you create a data-driven marketing plan for 2016. Um, you can find it on my website. There's a little blue badge uh, over at ChristopherSPen.com. It's also on Gumroad. Just look up 2016 marketing plan. Yeah, and it's ChristopherSPenn.com. We should mention that there's a double N at the end there. <laughs> um, unless you probably own both domains. I'm guessing you probably do, right? No, but I own cspen.com as well. Oh, cool. Um, I have um, I have tried out Chris's um, marketing plan framework, and I will tell you that it's genius. I have never seen anybody like Chris in the various different venues that I've seen Chris train. He is really smart. He knows what he's talking about. So if this is something that's intriguing to you, be sure to check out his website again, ChristopherSPenn.com. Is that right, Chris? That is right. And thank you for those kind words, sir. All right. Well, listen, Chris, I just want to say on behalf of um, all of my audience, thank you so much for opening our eyes to Tag Manager because honestly, I didn't have a clue <laughs> until today. And now I'm going to start the process of getting this all figured out. So I, I, I you know, really thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Well, I hope you got a lot out of today's interview. I know 
I learned a heck of a lot. Uh, if there's anything that we missed, and I'm guessing there probably was, we, don't worry, we take all the notes for you. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 181, episode 181. Wow. Also, don't ever miss a future episode of this podcast by hitting that subscribe player button, I mean, <laughs> on whatever podcast player you happen to listen to. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.